Welcome to the BeWellBuzz.com podcast. Welcome to the BeWellBuzz podcast. This is your resident nutritionist, Sean Stevenson. Autoimmune conditions are a leading cause of illness and death in our modern society today. And a lot of people are at a complete loss for trying to figure out how things have gotten this bad. One of the key insights is that the health of your gut actually determines what nutrients are absorbed and what toxins, microbes, and nefarious substances are kept out. And this is directly linked to the health of your entire body. It's critical for people to understand that many of these illnesses that seem to be totally unrelated to the gut, things like heart disease, eczema, arthritis, these are all actually caused by gut problems. It's actually one of the biggest fallacies in modern medicine that you can compartmentalize things and assume that what's going on with your heart isn't affecting your joint health. What's going on with your brain isn't affecting your digestive health. You're not operating in compartments where one thing isn't going to affect another. If you have damage to your colon, this will intrinsically affect your brain. There are saculations in your colon with nerve endings that lead directly to your brain. And these two things are intrinsically connected as the rest of your body. Your bones will intrinsically affect your heart and whether or not the calcium absorption or secretion is going to allow too much calcium circulating in your bloodstream, which can lead to blood clots and intrinsically strokes, heart attacks, and things of that nature. And this is all linked up to your bones' impact on your heart. Two things that would seem totally unconnected with our compartmentalized thinking. Also, receptor sites. You have receptor sites in your brain that are the same as receptor sites in your reproductive organs, for example. So someone may be taking hormones through medication wanting to impact the function of their brain, but this is intrinsically going to affect their uterus, for example, if someone is taking some kind of synthetic estrogen compound, this could lead to fibroid tumors, you know, when their goal was to originally impact the brain. But this is what's called side effects. When it's not a side effect, it's a direct effect because your body is intrinsically interconnected. It's this incredibly complex and beautiful system. And you see, your entire body is protected from the toxic environment in your gut by a lining that's actually one cell thick. It's one cell, thick layers protecting you from all manner of things getting into your system and wreaking havoc. And so today you're going to learn about why gut issues are the leading cause of autoimmune conditions, how damage to your gut can cause you to be allergic to your favorite foods. You're also going to learn what offending foods and activities wreak total and complete havoc on your gut, and also what steps you need to take to ensure that you have invincible gut health. It's been confirmed that more than 100 million Americans have digestive issues, at minimum. The number of physician visits and emergency room visits due to diseases of the gastrointestinal tract as a primary diagnosis number in over 44 million every single year. And two of the top five selling drugs in America are actually for digestive problems. And this is costing us billions and billions of dollars every single year which is then being turned over to the pharmaceutical industry. Some of the illnesses that are linked to gut health are heart disease and hypertension, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, obesity, cancer, diabetes, irritable bowel syndrome, arthritis, multiple sclerosis. And this is actually where the immune system is attacking the brain, destroying the myelin sheath. And research shows 
that occurrence of this process happening has a definite link to the bacteria in your gut. Also celiac, autism, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and all these things again have been confirmed to be linked directly to your gut health. So to get a better understanding of this, I'm going to start with sharing with you some of the responsibilities that your gut has. Now number one, which is pretty much first and foremost, is that your gut has a responsibility of deciding whether or not something entering your system is a quote, good molecule or a bad molecule. And it's literally filtering this process all day, every day, deciding what's getting in and what's being kept out. It's like this big time security guard running the show and so that you don't have to worry about things. So it's a really, really huge responsibility that your gut is taking on and doing this process every day. Another responsibility is communicating back and forth with your brain with light speed and your nervous system about what to do with the materials that are in your body, that are coming in through your gastrointestinal tract, the products that are broken down, what needs to be shipped where. This communication between your brain and your gut is going on all the time, and it's incredibly important. It also has a responsibility of breaking down the food you eat into usable components, because the food stuff that you eat actually, for example, someone who wants to eat some, quote, protein, a whole protein, your body can't use that. It uses amino acids. So it has to break it down into the building blocks that your body can actually use and ship wherever it needs to go. Your gut also has a responsibility of getting rid of byproducts and toxins. And that's obviously important. And many people don't realize this, but your gut is actually the front line for your immune system activity, which we're going to get more into in a moment. But on a real commonsensical level is that your gut is responsible for shuttling the food across the gut lining and into your bloodstream. So your gut is going to determine how you actually get nourished and can be a sovereign, healthy individual or someone who is suffering because this process isn't happening properly. So let's talk a little bit more about that immune system connection with your gut. Now, this may be worth the price of admission right here in and of itself. The majority of your immune system, we tend to think that our immune system has something to do with our brain or this kind of just moving around throughout our body, when in fact, the majority of your immune system is actually located in your gut. And to help make sense of this, again, this is the front line. This is where things that are coming into your system can literally kill you or provide you with health and wellness. So we need a team there to make sure to be right there frontline all the time to make sure that you're not going to get harmed. And that's the role of your immune system, to be right there front and center to take care of you. So this leads us to understand that if we have problems with our gut, with that gut environment, we're intrinsically going to have problems with our immune system. And I hope this is starting to make sense of how autoimmune diseases are running rampant nowadays. It's because individuals have tremendously depressed and damaged gut health and one of the goals today is to teach you and train you on what to do to create an incredible vitality in your gut environment and what we called earlier invincible gut health. Now, on another note, did you know that your gut actually contains more neurotransmitters than your brain? That's right. Your gut actually is known as a second brain. And there's so much intelligent activity going on there that is baffling. And science is still trying to figure this whole thing out. And to take that a step further, the way that we feel, you know, a lot of this stuff is attributed to our hormone activity. And hormones are these chemical messengers. And one of the big ones is serotonin, the feel-good hormone, the, the hormone that keeps you in balance, that just makes you feel 
like everything is well. Well, the majority of your serotonin is actually produced in your gut. Some of the figures say about 80% is produced in your gut, not in your brain, which most people commonly think of. So yet again, if you're experiencing damage to your gut, you're going to have a lack of this serotonin activity, which is going to lead to depression, which is going to lead to feelings of being cut adrift and anxiety and all these other things that have these negative connotations. And this is a result of people unknowingly damaging their gut health due to these daily practices and some of the things that we're going to talk about in a moment. Now let's go ahead and dive into how the process is actually happening in a normal circumstance of your gut working properly with food coming into your body. So food's coming in through your mouth and it's going down this long tube because that's what it really is. Your body is a series of tubing. Every single thing that you name, your heart is a series of tubing. Your auditory system is a series of tubing. Your arteries, veins, and there's the big tube that's running from your mouth to your anus. And this tube is actually the most important factor on whether or not you're getting nourished properly or creating damage in your system. So when food comes in through your mouth, goes down your esophagus, and the first place that we're going to hit is the stomach. And the stomach is going to douse that food with a ton of acids and start to break down a lot of the components that are in your food. And for this example, we're going to use protein. So the protein's coming in. It's going to get hit with the hydrochloric acid. Now, not a lot of assimilation happens in the stomach itself. Next off, the food is going to be shuttled to the small intestine, and this is where all the action is really taking place at. This is where it's going to be exposed to the microvilli, which are these little finger-like substances lining your small intestine that allow for the absorption of the food particles, the broken down food, hopefully, that your body's broken down properly, amino acids, getting absorbed into your bloodstream. And once this happens, the amino acids can get shipped wherever they need to. If they need to build new cartilage for your knees, they need to break, build new neuro tissue, whatever the case may be, your body can take those building blocks and send them wherever it needs to go. The resulting metabolic waste products, all the stuff that wasn't going to be utilized is moved to the large intestine and eventually out through your anus. And then the process starts all over again. Now, in our evolution, of course, it would be going to the ground and fertilizing and allowing stuff to grow. And that whole thing, especially if you're eating plants with seeds, you'd be helping to grow new plants. That's how the process is supposed to go. But now we've got a whole other thing where we've got these little porcelain thrones we use and that whole thing. That's a whole other conversation. So the process is relatively simple. However, just kind of going through... Our traditional education system, we don't really get the download on how it works. Now, I gave the very, very simplified version. But there's also another component there that needs to be looked at, and that's the fact that that proper gut environment is critical to this whole thing. And what's going on there in your gut, we have the bacteria colonies that are responsible for a lot of this stuff taking place. In fact, there are 500 species that we know about, and about five pounds of bacteria in your gut that are performing all these different chemical functions, helping to digest and break your food down, creating vitamins and minerals in you for you, regulating hormones, and also the important duty of excreting toxins from your system and breaking down things like uric acid. So this gut environment, this probiotic balance is critical to our health. Now, the word probiotic can be broken down into pro, meaning for, and biotic, meaning life. 
And that tells you right there how important these bacteria are. This literally for life. But what have we been exposed to? And what do we know about commonly in our conventional wisdom is antibiotics. Anti meaning against, body meaning life. So if we're taking antibiotics, are they selectively choosing, hey, tapping on the shoulder, are you a good guy or a bad guy? Are you on our team or the other team? What jersey are you wearing? No, they're not doing that process. They're going in and destroying everything. And the thing is, we've been exposed to this absolutely commonly. You know, we get sick and go in and get some antibiotic regimen to do. We know about that. But we are unaware of the fact that a lot of the foods that we've been eating have a tremendous amount of antibiotics and antibiotic breakdown products in them. For example, factory farmed dairy products coming from sick animals in and of themselves are are treated with a tremendous amount of antibiotics because of all the diseases that these animals have because they've been fed a poor diet. They are not allowed to eat their own proper food, which is grass, being fed things like soy and grains to fatten them up and to produce more milk or more meat. It's a very inhumane system. And then that is delivered over to you. So if you're eating a sick animal, you know, toxins accumulate higher and higher as they go up the food chain intrinsically. So a larger animal like that is going to be getting the vast majority of toxins and that's going to get transferred over to you. So something that we need to be aware of that we may not have taken an antibiotic regimen in the past year or two, but if you'd been drinking conventional dairy, guess what? You've been taking antibiotics every single day or whenever you've been having these dairy products. The same thing with the animal foods themselves. When you're eating steak and all these kind of things, those animal tissues are going to accumulate and hold on to a lot of that metabolic breakdown from being treated with antibiotics, hormones, all those things. So with that said, this is really stacking the conditions against people from having the gut health that is intrinsic to a human being and creating, as you'll see soon, the spiral down process of autoimmunity. So if you're someone who is ever choosing to incorporate any animal foods, make sure that these things are coming from the best sources where the animal is getting its natural diet because it's very, very important and ensure that it's antibiotic free. Or you can avoid the whole system and not take on any of those products in and of themselves. It's always your choice as a sovereign individual. So what we want to do is really cultivate that internal environment and make sure that the unfriendly guys, the guys with the away jerseys are not running our system. The lower level funguses, yeast, molds, bacteria, candida, all those guys are kept in their place because they actually do have a purpose. But the majority of your internal gut environment needs to be what's known as a friendly flora. So if you're not doing this already and you are experiencing an autoimmune issue or you're afraid that you might happen to have something occur later on in life, you want to be proactive at getting a high-quality probiotic into your system on a pretty regular basis. And traditionally, what we would do is incorporate some fermented foods. So if you're into sauerkraut, kimchi, things of that nature, a lot of people are really digging kombucha now, which you got to be careful because the sugars can go off improperly and create a lot of alcohol and actually get you a little tipsy. So you need to be careful about that. Or things like rejuvelac, kefir, dairy or coconut kefir. There's so many different ways of doing this with whole food sources, but you can also go to a supplemental form. If it's coming from a food-based probiotic, 
which also I would I would also encourage you to look for something that has a prebiotic as well, which is something that's going to feed. It's the substrate that allows the probiotic to grow. And that's the benefit that you get with something like eating a sauerkraut, for example. The prebiotic is the cabbage itself. The probiotic is all the other things that are formed, the bacteria, the healthy flora that's formed as a result of its culturing. So now let's take a look at the big villain in damaging our gut health. What the big villain has been in our modern society in really destroying our gut flora. And it's something that's going to blow a lot of people's minds. But once you understand this, this can save you or somebody that you care a lot about from a tremendous amount of pain and suffering once they get this information into their hands. So in nature, as hunter-gatherers, if you were to go after an animal, for example, that animal can get up and run from you. It has the protective mechanisms to try and hide or, or run to get away. Plants can't do that. But plants are sentient beings as well. They have protective mechanisms in them that protect them from being overutilized or from being touched at all. Some plants have developed a symbiotic relationship with animals for their proliferation, for them to be spread around. For example, if someone is to eat some forms of berries that have seeds in them, and that would in turn get excreted via the feces and get a chance for that plant to be immortal, to continue to go on. And what you're getting is some nutrition, some antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, all that kind of good stuff from the berry. That would be what things would look like with a symbiotic type of plant. Some plants have secondhand enzyme inhibitors or different poisonous compounds to protect them from being touched at all. And one of these compounds in a food that we commonly eat is known as lectins. That's lectins, L-E-C-T-I-N-S. And lectins are a protein structure that are found in grains, particularly wheat, rye, barley. But you're going to find lectins that are similar, if not the same, in pretty much all grains. Now, going back to our protein example, say if someone was eating a protein food, like hemp seeds, for example, which is highly digestible with its form of edestin, which is a soft globular protein, it's really easy for the human body to digest. Say that's coming into the system. Your body's breaking it down into the amino acids. It gets absorbed through your intestinal lumen and into your circulation where your body can send it wherever it needs to go. These lectins operate much differently than the proteins I just described in the hemp seeds. As the lectins come into your stomach, they're not broken down by that acidic environment there, and they actually get to your small intestine intact as a complete protein. And from there, they're actually able to bore their way through your intestinal lumen as a complete protein structure. And this is a big, big, big problem because what's going to happen now is an inflammatory response and an immune response. Your immune system is going to be incited to go and attack that complete protein structure because viruses, parasites, these are also complete protein structures. And your immune system has to get on top of it because it's used to seeing amino acids and shipping it safely throughout your circulatory system. And this is just the way things normally operate. But once a complete protein comes in, big flag goes off. Now, with that being said, everything's fine. Your immune system took out, you know, you just ate a bagel. Your immune system took care of it. But that's not where the problem actually stops at. What happens next is a process called molecular mimicry, where your immune system gets trained on anything that looks similar to that. So say the amino acid sequence was ABD. You can write that down, ABD. And that bores its way through your intestinal lumen and gets into your circulatory system. 
and your immune system takes it down, but your immune system gets trained. And this is the whole concept of giving someone a vaccine is that your immune system will get trained on anything that looks similar to this structure and destroying it and being able to do its job very, very well. And the problem is that other structures in your body may contain that sequence, A, B, D, for example. Your thyroid, tissues in your thyroid may be A, B, D, B, 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 D. Your immune system is going to go and destroy that portion of your thyroid tissue, and this is called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's an autoimmune condition that has many health professionals baffled. They don't understand why your body would go and attack your own thyroid. Well, you just got the insight on how that's actually happening. It's a very simple process. It's complex, but simple at the same time. It just takes a little bit of broader thinking to understand how your body's working as a whole system. And your immune system is actually doing this to protect you. So what it all boils back down to is taking care of that internal environment in the body so that nefarious substances aren't breaking their way through and your body has to have this immune response in the first place. So it's really getting into our circulation, our antigens from these different food substances that normally human beings wouldn't be eating. These are Neolithic foods. They've only been eaten for about 10,000 years since agriculture first took hold on our society, which is just about one page in the million page book of humanity. So we've only been eating grains for a very, very short time. And we have not developed an evolution to be able to eat a food like that without a lot of problems. So these antigens are getting into our system and there's a resulting inflammatory cascade that takes place. Your body produces anti-inflammatory cytokines and antibodies and this further increases this intestinal barrier permeability. And this is what's known as leaky gut syndrome. So you actually have damage to your gut itself where large particles of food for maybe your favorite food might be tomatoes, for example, and you eat some tomatoes and it's supposed to be all good, but whole structures from the tomato are getting into your system now because of this leaky gut and your immune system is reacting as such. And it's actually creating conditions where it's going to continuously attack anything that looks similar to a tomato. And this is what creates a so-called food allergy. So if that doesn't get you to seriously consider avoiding grains, then I'm just going to go ahead and add this to the mix here is that grains also contain something known as protease inhibitors. So it actually blocks the uptake of proteins that you may be eating along with the foods themselves, as well as the proteins that are contained in the grains themselves. And this further leads to the inability to digest and break it down, but this doesn't stop it from boring its way through your gut lining. So protease inhibitors, bad. Lectins, bad. You want to try to avoid these things if at all possible. So let's move on now and take a look at some other offending culprits that are creating this damage to people's guts. Some of the other offending foods are things like beans. And this might hurt a lot of people's feelings, but beans are not really an appropriate human food. This is a very, very, very substandard choice for getting nutrition into the body. We know that beans are usually something very difficult to digest. You can soak them and all these things to make it a little bit better, but they still tend to produce a lot of gas. And that's feedback from your body that this is not being digested very well. You know, but what we'll do, we might drink a white soda or take some Beano or some Gas-X or some kind of over-the-counter thing and continue to eat our beans. Whereas your body's telling you, it's not a good food coming in here. And just on a common sense level, it's one of those things that actually takes a lot of work to try to break the food down into a way that we can actually eat it. Beans are not readily able to eat. It's something that takes a lot of work. So that's one of the big ones. 
And they also have similar compound selectins. So just to add injury to insult there. Dairy. Specifically, we talked about the conventional dairy products. Dairy also contains protease inhibitors as well. And dairy, especially conventional dairy, is going to create a net acid load in the body. And a lot of acid is going to create a problem, obviously, because we need that acid-alkaline balance. And when your gut is too acidic, because we've got two things going on, we've got that acid and we've got water going on there, but when things get too acidic, it starts to break down that intestinal wall, and this creates things like ulcers. And dairy is causing a net acid load, even though it's got a tremendous amount of alkaline minerals in it because of the proteins that are involved in it, because of the fatty acids that are involved in the dairy. So this would be something to avoid, especially if you're prone to autoimmune conditions. Removing dairy might be one of those things that literally saves your life. If not, just creating a radical breakthrough in how you feel and getting away from a lot of the side effects that you've been experiencing. Other fake foods that are containing things like processed sugar and hydrogenated oils, you know, things like these store-bought cookies and cakes and all these things that have these different additives and chemicals and all manner of things that are new inventions. Our body's not evolved being exposed to things like that, and they will intrinsically damage our gut health. Also, NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Another big one, and people really need to take notice about this one, is stress. Stress will intrinsically create an abnormal amount of cortisol in your system, which is known to bore through that gut lining and create problems there. This is why people know that having a lot of stress creates ulcers. We know this. But this is something we need to take a really good look at and balancing out and making sure that we have stress and check in our life. Another problematic thing is birth control pills. It's known to create gut damage. Infections and overgrowth of low-level bacteria in your gut. Another big problem is creating this condition. Lack of enzymatic activity. So if somebody's not producing enough digestive enzymes to actually break their food down properly, this can create all kinds of issues as well. Another problem is toxins like heavy metals. This can create a lot of gut damage. So being exposed to mercury. So this is things that we need to take a good look at as well. So what do we want to do? What is the solution here? Obviously, we want to avoid offending foods. We want to avoid them like the plague. Just completely avoid them if we want to get our body healed. Also, if at all possible, working with a knowledgeable practitioner to eliminate any pharmaceutical drugs you may be on and getting yourself off the over-the-counter stuff. It's well known that ibuprofen creates a lot of problems in the gut. So drugs, again, these are new inventions. These are new inventions created by man. These are not things that we evolved with. They're going to create problems and what we call so-called side effects. They're not side effects or direct effects of taking drugs. Another thing to be aware of is avoiding environmental toxins. Things like pesticides, rodenticides, herbicides, all these things are also known to damage our gut and create issues with destroying our gut flora. Now, these things are meant, they're created to kill insects. They're created to kill very, very small organisms. Well, guess what it does to your very, very small organisms in your gut? You actually have four times more bacteria in your body than you have human cells. You have upwards of 100 trillion cells that make you up. You have upwards of 400 trillion bacteria that make you up. So you're literally more bacteria than you are you, human cells that you think are you. And it's this amazing symbiotic relationship that's evolved since the beginning. But if this gets out of balance, big problems can come from this. 
So let's take a look at some of the foods that can help to heal this process, even though the big solution here is just avoiding the problems in the first place. But some of the things that can really help here are, number one, eating whole foods, eating whole real foods. If it's coming in a box or these different random packages, let's avoid that stuff. Let's eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. And if you're eating animal products, incorporating those things as well. Very, very low amounts because, again, toxins accumulate higher as you go up in the food chain. So you want to minimize that. Eat mostly plants. Also incorporating some of these great superfoods out there that are the staples in some of our greatest civilizations that have graced our planet. So adding some of these things in there, sea vegetables, all that can really round out a whole food nutrition protocol. And some of the other foods, specifically a superfood that can help to heal any kind of gut damage would be aloe vera. Aloe vera has some tremendous anti-inflammatory properties, sulfur-bearing amino acids, vitamin A, vitamin E, and looking at the doctrine of signatures, which states that a food will tell you what it's good for based on the way it looks, smells, tastes, or how it functions in nature. When you fillet out a piece of that aloe vera gel, you can see that it has this great mucosal lining that's very, very similar to the mucosal lining that you would have in your gut environment. So aloe vera is super healing. What you can do is toss it into a smoothie, blend it up with some citrus if citrus works for you. A lot of people do that as a practice or make an aloe vera lemonade. Now aloe vera, vera means very, aloe means bitter. So it's pretty bitter. And why that is, is these long chain polysaccharides, these incredibly healing sugar compounds that are found in aloe vera, which are great for you. They don't taste the best, but you can make it work. Another food that has that kind of gelatinous quality is chia. So that could be really helpful. I'll just add one fruit in the mix here. We got cherries. These have compounds called anthocyanins, which have some really great anti-inflammatory compounds that can help to heal your gut. One of the most powerful practices that you can utilize is juicing. Juicing can be a direct ticket out of dealing with ulcers and colitis, as well as heart disease and all these other things that are linked up. And why that is, you're basically just bathing your body in tremendous amount of flavonoids, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, phytonutrients, phytochemicals. It's a really great practice to be able to get a real whole food dose of all these wonderful things. It's not coming in some pill or some tablet. And this is something that's really, really needed today, in my personal opinion, because of all the things that we're exposed to. You know, juicing may not look like something that's been historically done, but they're coming from historically used foods. And we need something to give us some health insurance nowadays because we're exposed to environmental conditions that have never been seen before in human history. So some of the best juices for addressing healing the gut would be cabbage juice. Now, I'm not saying to just juice the cabbage juice, even though that'd be really, really beneficial. It doesn't taste that great. So we can juice it along with some other things to get a good taste going so we enjoy the process of getting well. That's one of the big keys of getting well that people get away from. It's like suffering and making ourselves take stuff and no, we need to do things that feel good. So maybe adding a little bit of apple and carrot, some celery, celery juice, that's another one. So cabbage and celery. So getting a combo going there can be really healing for the gut environment. Another big thing here is to implement some omega-3s. So these are the anti-inflammatory omega fats, whereas the omega-6 tend to be pro-inflammatory omega acids. We need both, but we've been radically shifted away from omega-3s in our modern culture. 
So the best source here is going to be either fish oil, krill oil, or if you're doing a vegan approach, an algae oil. But it's so important because of all the anti-inflammatory healing things that the omega-3s do. And there's a ton of other things they do, which we've talked about multiple times in the Be Well Bus podcast. But for this focus here, it's for the anti-inflammatory properties and healing properties. Another thing that you might want to take a look at that's not a whole food, and I'm not a big fan of supplements, but this one can be very beneficial for healing issues going on with the gut. It's methane or MSM. And what it is is an organic sulfur compound that actually helps to create new tissues. And just check it out. Do some research into it. It might be just a thing to help you get to where you want to be. And some of the action steps incorporate here as well to really ensure a healthy gut environment and to have invincible gut health is to use the wise old adage that says, chew your juice and drink your food. Stop swallowing down big buckets of food that has not been chewed properly and tossing that into your gut. Your body's going to have a hard time with that. Love your body, love your gut a little bit more than to put these big food particles in. Chew your juice means even your juices. Take your time when you have smoothies or juices. Chew it a little bit. This is going to mix it with your own enzymes in your mouth, your dietary amylase getting secreted in your saliva to actually help the absorption of those carbohydrates in the juice once it gets into your gut. And that's just super critical to know right there. Take your time. Get the full assimilation by mixing it with your own information that's coming out in your mouth. And then, of course, drink your food means turn that food into liquid. Chew it up good. Very important. It's something a lot of people are not doing today. Another thing would be to drink between meals rather than with your meals. So you're not depressing the secretion of the different enzymes and acids that your body's going to do to break that food down properly. So if you have to have something liquid with your meals, then go ahead and incorporate some fresh squeezed orange juice or something like that. Fresh squeeze, not the stuff bought in the box. It's not what we're talking about here. Rather than going with water. So have the water between meals. Preferably don't have any liquids with your meal and just eat your food. Another thing would be to incorporate some digestive enzymes if you need some help there. This can be another place where supplements can be helpful until your gut gets healed in and of itself and it can do the job by itself. And you want to get these from food sources if at all possible. So digestive enzymes are going to contain the protease, lipase, amylase, all those kind of things. And getting from a reputable source. And you can also get it through some whole food supplements. Things like some of these great alkaline green superfood blends that are out there. So that's another important quality that we need to incorporate today to have invincible gut health. And just to touch on this again, we need to have some practices where we're really doing something to acknowledge that our gut is important. Take the time and show some love and attention to your gut. If you're dealing with ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, or any manner of autoimmune disease, including heart disease and cancer, taking time to remove the stress from your life, sit and show some attention and some appreciation for your gut because it is the direct bridge from the outer environment to your body. It's the direct bridge from the things that are outside of us to becoming us or eliminating the things that we don't want to become us. So it's pretty profound and pretty important. So just taking some time, incorporate that into maybe a meditation practice or something where you're sitting and just give a little bit of attention to your gut because it's done so much for you. And lastly, something that keeps all this stuff in balance including regulating the type of 
bacteria. It's going to be expressing itself in your gut. The hormones that are secreted in your body is sleep. Your sleep is determining the circadian rhythms and the biological patterns of all this stuff taking place. So make sure that you're getting your sleepy time. It's very important. Now make sure that you share this information with all the people that you care about. Send the podcast over via Facebook, email, whatever it takes, because this information can change someone's life and mean the difference literally between poor health, pain, suffering, and even worse, or living a life of vitality, incredible health, and happiness, because our bodies are the vehicle that we experience this life in. And when you have your health, you have hope. You have the ability to do so much that's humanly possible. But on the other end of the spectrum, when you're lacking your health, most things in life don't matter as much. Life is hard. Life is suffering. And you can make a difference in someone's life by helping them to regain their health. This is Sean Stevenson signing off from Be Well Buzz, and I'll talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to the BeWellBuzz.com podcast. Go to www.BeWellBuzz.com for free articles and news about natural health and wellness.